I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Good to have you today, and uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, my wife is a fan of a lot of the reality shows, kind of not my thing, uh, but there was one called uh, 19 Kids and Counting, and the spinoff Counting On, with the Duggar family. You've probably heard of it, even if you're not someone who watches those. Of course, if you watch those, you're going to find this very interesting, but the, the, uh, the Duggar family's been in the news uh, for lots of different things over the years, um, and I have one of them with me. Ginger Duggar uh, Vuolo is with me. She's here because um, she has done something that I find quite refreshing and a little brave on a couple different counts. Um, it's a book called Becoming Free Indeed. looks just like this. It's available now wherever you get books. Uh, but there, there's kind of two angles to this. One is growing up in a what I would call, and we'll see what she calls it, a legalistic environment. Uh, and, and, you know, having the courage to go, you know what, I'm going to go to Scripture and not just throw it all out, but say, what, what, is, what is really going on here, you know? Uh, and the other is being in the public eye uh, from a worldly standpoint to still stand on scriptural things. So she's kind of getting it from both sides a little bit here. Um, so we're going to hear from her. Appreciate you guys being here. If you haven't liked, follow, subscribe. I would invite you to do that now so you get more alerts for uh, great interviews like this. Ginger, great to have you on Life Today Live. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. So I tried to set this up properly, but you feel free to correct me because um, this, I'm guessing, was not an easy book for you to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has been by far the most challenging thing I've ever done. Um, like you said, I was raised in the public eye from the age of 10 mm. until just a couple of years ago when the show ended. Um, and it was, yeah, something that I think throughout the years, people maybe like your wife would see my life as a young girl and see different aspects of that. And I did feel like I had a happy childhood for the most part. Mm. And at the same time, because of the teachings of a man that we followed named Bill Gothard, that it produced in me a lot of fear and real terror of God, not in um, a healthy reverence and fear of God. Right. Um, but it was it was more like feeling like I was waiting for God to God to smite me at any moment, waiting to get me. Um, and that was for sure what I wrestled with for so many years until I realized that these teachings were not based in the Bible. Okay, see, now that's a bold statement. I grew up uh, in a church where we had some Bill Gothard influence, I mean, a, a name that I was familiar with, but yet it wasn't, uh, I started looking into it before this interview and I was like, oh, really? He taught that? He taught that? I mean, it was, it was really strict. Um, what made you start questioning the, uh, the, the veracity, the truthfulness of some of those teachings? And how long ago was that? It's interesting. I never thought to question the teachings because 
I would look at Bill Gothard, um, especially in my younger years, as like the the person I looked to who God had given us to bring this truth to us. And so I would look at his seven basic principles, um, which he promised that would bring success to anyone who followed them. I would look at that as like, man, I want all of my friends to know about this. I want everyone to see that Bill Gothard is this teacher that they should follow because he also, he guaranteed success for your family. But at the same time, he also said, if you don't follow these teachings, then your your life will actually be one disaster after another. And so it was um, something that it's very tough to leave. So a lot of kids in that community or families, individuals will, even if they see some of the teachings are like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Or why did he teach that? They would hold to more of the teachings with um, like, okay, well, maybe he has some elements of good. Like he has a couple character qualities that you should follow and that's kind of harmless. But the deeper and you get, like you said, it's interesting. You'll say, hmm, I didn't know he taught such crazy things. So he'll start out with a Bible verse and he'll start teaching his lectures. And it ends up at a really crazy point where he's making, having you make a vow to never to go into debt. And if you do, you know, God, if you ever break your vow, um, God is going to, you know, you're going to be more accountable to God because you made this vow and like things like that. So it was, it was really interesting. Um, I had never questioned it until my now husband, Jeremy came in the picture. He wanted to get to know me. And my dad said, well, before you can move on in this relationship, I want you to watch like 60 plus hours of Bill Gothard's teachings. (laughs) So my husband was in a totally different setting, had no clue who Bill Gothard was had never heard of his seminars. And he sits down, turns them on. He was like, huh, interesting. He has some like philosophical things to say, but this is not Bible teaching. And then the further in he got, he was like, whoa, this is, this is so wrong. Like, it's not just, it's not just like a guy telling his opinion. He's, he is binding people's consciences to things that are not in the Bible Mm -hmm. and making them feel terrified if they would ever do anything different. So at that point we were talking, we were watching some of these seminars together. We would pause it with an open Bible and it was crazy how it just didn't line up. <laughs> yeah, that was that a big shock for you? Yeah, it was terrifying. I I remember because that was my whole worldview. I thought hmm. I'm going to live my life by these principles. I was such a rule follower, so I wanted to please God. I was saved at the age of 14, sure. and I wanted to live my life to please God. So I was like, well, what do I do to please God? So I thought that these principles were biblical. So I would try to do everything, try to tell my friends about it and really push these teachings but when he said it wasn't bible teaching i was it was kind of scary yeah because i was thinking wait now if if it mean if he means like okay listening to certain kinds of music like with drums even if it's the gettys is not bad like what does that mean for me like i thought that that was going to call the demons or something you know yeah. if i turn on drums or i was going to die in a car accident if i listened to that kind of music so so what does that mean? And what does modesty mean? Is it um, not wearing sleeveless shirts, only wearing dresses? Uh, all the things that that I thought were almost godliness, um, I started to reexamine according to the Bible. And to see, I think it, it, the main thing for me that felt scary at first was just 
that whole foundation for where I thought I had every answer for life. Everything's so black and white. I know how I'm going to raise my kids. I know what I'm going to do. It takes all the reliance off of the Holy Spirit where we as believers end up making a, an, a person becomes almost like our Holy Spirit, like Bill Gothard's teachings. It relies so heavily upon that and say, he's guaranteed me success. So I don't need to pray about this or I don't need to um, examine the word of God for myself. So it shifted and I started to see, wow, I need to trust in God. I need to trust in his word that it's sufficient. And I, it was a beautiful journey that began at that point. Uh, that that is how how what was there ever any temptation? It doesn't sound like it. But was there ever any temptation to just just say you know the, all this whole thing the Christianity or whatever is just jacked up and I don't want anything to do with it? Did did you ever deal with any of that? You know, it's interesting. I think because I was um, converted at the age of fourteen, I desired to love and glorify God, and Good so point. even though. I could see um, how the world would say, throw it all off. I had people rooting for me to go that route um, in the public spotlight. And they wanted me to go that route. And they thought I was going to go and abandon the faith entirely. They thought that, you know, true freedom was like throwing off all restraints, running to the world, doing what you want to do. But for me, that's not that's not where I landed. And that's not the answer, because I see that God's word is true. And sadly, I see so many today um, go to the deconstruction movement where they where they totally will. I think the word deconstruction, you know, some people mean it in different ways. Right, but right. Um, whenever they would say, like, I'm going to deconstruct my faith, tear it down to the, the studs, never to build it up again. Mm-hmm. That's so sad because so many people, so many of my friends in the community I was in mm-hmm. did that. And it breaks my heart to see that they were following a teacher who claimed to speak for God, but didn't and warped their view of God. And I think that it's with the disentangling that I have been on, this journey of disentangling has been like, if you get putty stuck in your hair, you can either cut off your hair and just be done with it, get rid of your hair, or you can take the time to pick out the putty from your hair. It's a slow process. It's painful, but it's also worth it. It's needed because I feel like that's been my journey throughout this time has been like, okay, these teachings were really bad. He would use verses to say whatever he wanted them to say and twist the word of God. Mm -hmm. But once you see who God is, the character and nature of God as a loving heavenly father to his children, that's shifted my view. And it made me have more of a love for God than ever before because I realized it's not based in my performance. I'm not trying to perform for God to make him love me more or less as a believer. I want to do everything to glorify God, but when I sin, there's forgiveness and grace and mercy. So that was the journey that um, I started on. And that was about six, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, good, good for you. Uh, You know, my Irish uncle says for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. And a lot of people go from one ditch right over the road into the other ditch. So right. it's really great that, that you have sought the the truth, which is what mm-hmm. you're really looking for. I want to show people the book again. This is Becoming Free Indeed by Ginger Duggar Volo. And it's available wherever you get books. And I think you'll find it fascinating. I want to ask you, Ginger, um, who, who, who are you? 
In, in mm. other words, when you get to identity, uh, you grew up in a, on television, which I had a taste of that with my dad being, you know, well-known. I can't imagine my own child. Thank God my own childhood's not on television, right? But um, not just that, the, the reality star aspect of it, but then also sort of the, the legalistic uh, teachings that you, you grew up under and that you've kind of walked uh, out from under now. At the end of it all, who do you see yourself as? Hmm. That's a good question. I think um, today, like I see myself as a totally different person than I was in those younger years. Um, I was somebody who was gripped by fear and anxiety a lot. And I would not say like, oh, I'm totally this perfect person who's arrived. Like I haven't, no one has. And so, but on this journey, I've, I've come to more freedom and joy in the Lord because I was not, I'm not bound by all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a greater love for Christ and leaning into the grace of God has changed my life. And so I can enjoy the gifts that God's given and that makes my entire life more joyful. And so it's been an interesting shift. And then I have two little kids, um, four and two, which we keep out of the public guy, but they're so sweet. And I'm so grateful for my girls and my sweet husband. And so it's just been such an amazing journey of like looking at them and seeing what joy they bring to my life. And at the same time, like I just want to keep growing and learning and hopefully showing them by my example um, what the love of Christ is and what forgiveness means. And so um, for me as a person today, I would say like, it's crazy to look back on those years and to see how far the Lord's brought me mm -hmm. out of this like terrified girl into someone who is just waking up every morning so grateful for um, the grace of God yeah. and how he's brought me out of that. And I feel like I'm more passionate today than ever to, to share this message because it really is something that I see those who are in that setting still, I want them to come out. So that's where my passion is these days is just to share this message because I know how crippling that fear is when you're stuck oh, there. Gosh. Yeah. I know it's, it's awful. It's not of God. Uh, you're, you're two little girls. Um, do you love them based on how they behave? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> will, <laughs> no. <laughs> will you ever stop being their mother uh, if they don't please you all times? No, definitely not. And I think that's where you can see um, in my mind, motherhood has helped me to view how God views me. It yeah. reminds me of that because um, I could, I, I saw a funny thing on Instagram where it was talking about you give your three-year-old literally everything that they want, breakfast in bed. You have mm -hmm. no wake up time, no responsibilities. And they're, they wake up angry as all get out. They're screaming at you. Right. And it's right. like, well, they're, three. they're two and they have everything that they could want. And I'm not angry at them because they're angry. It's like, no, they don't understand. They don't comprehend. And I think more often than not, God's God is looking at us as his children. We may think that we have stuff figured out. We may think we're doing well. He knows what's ultimately pleasing to him. Even if our best, um, most loving efforts of sharing Christ with people or being light, helping others, it's all 
it's all like, but nothing before God. And so I think I see the grace of God in a bigger way with yeah. my kids, like looking yep. at them yep. and how you, you respond to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, I, we have four and it, it probably taught me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, scripture, yes, but in a, in a tangible way, it was like a living parable when you, when you're dealing with your children and you realize I'm an imperfect parent and the love I have for them and the commitment I have to them pales in, in comparison to God's love and commitment for us. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's refreshing and it's freeing. It yes. hundred yeah. percent. It is. So where do you land on, uh, grace? Well, okay. Let me, let me, let me throw this at you. Um, there's a Dutch, uh, theologian named Abraham Kuyper, I think is his name. And he said, um, the man today who forbids what God allows, uh, tomorrow will allow what God forbids. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we may have seen that a little bit with, with Bill Gothard, unfortunately, but we do see this a lot with people who, uh, they, they forbid what God allows in a lot of ways, you know, the little mm-hmm. things. Um, yeah. and to me, that's a, you're doing more damage than good. I, I think, I mean, it's, so when we get into grace, of course, the extreme of that is to allow what God forbids. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where do you, where are you sort of in the, in the application of God's grace in your life? What does, what does that look like? Have you figured that out? I haven't figured it out. It's, so. it's interesting. I think I just think about like, um, how the verse that talks about, like, if we continue in sin, that grace may abound, God forbid, you know, how are we who are dead to sin going to live any longer in it? Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, I think that true transformation will come from the inside out. And so our hearts change in salvation where our desires change. It doesn't mean that we won't sin and we won't um, live, you know, at times in our flesh where we see the flesh and the spirit are warring against each other. I think that the grace of God carrying us through, he will transform through sanctification, leading us closer to God. And um, he is transforming our desires to be like his desires. And so I think the longer, the more that we're asking for forgiveness before God, that we're coming before God and in humility, whenever we have sinned, God's grace is extended to the believer. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think for people who are afraid of like, okay, if you don't have enough black and white, then for like how everybody's supposed to live their life and there can be no Christian liberty, no one can ever have differences. We have to prescribe it all for you. That actually in itself takes away from the beautiful um, work of God in yep. the believer's life and each individual believer, and it puts it on a person to determine or to keep us from sin. And so the world is filled with sin. I think what I've seen more and more, even in the setting with Bill Gothard, like you just said, and his followers, often it's if you put up enough rules, if you do enough things, it's going to guard you from sin. And that's just not true. Like even with kids, you don't have to teach them to sin as you very well know with four kids. Yeah. It's it's the same. Like you, we have sin in our hearts, and so true transformation is when Jesus saves us and He changes our desires to want to be glorifying to God. And we will sin, and we will, um, you know, we will have that time where we see 
it, it shows us our need for God and our need to depend on the spirit of God and on God's word to carry us through temptations, yeah. trials, suffering, persecution, whatever it is. That is what will get us through. It's not, it's not any man-made rules. No, it is not. In fact, creating a New Testament legalism is just legalism. <laughs> it's, it's, it not, it's not freedom yeah. in Christ. And, right. Uh, what do you want? What is, what is Ginger or what do Ginger and Jeremy want out of, out of life? I think that we just want to get to the end of our days and um, have the Lord just say of us that, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And that's, I think for our kids too, we just pray that our kids will come to know the beauty and grace of Jesus. And um, that's where like our number one desires are, is that we would finish well and our kids would come to know Jesus and that, um, God would use our lives however he sees fit while we're here on earth. And did, did, did one more question. Did you do anything intentional or is it strictly just God's grace working in your life um, to not uh, become bitter towards those who, you know, were legalistic or even, even towards your own family. And so it's sometimes, I mean, I, I struggle with this, so this is not like some mm-hmm. big deal. Um, I don't sense any bitterness in you at all. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I remembered being so well in that setting where I was the most devout person and I wanted everybody to know these principles because because of the promise of guarantee. I think that's what got a lot of families into this teaching in the first place. It was like, we're going to make your kids perfect. They're all going to love Jesus. They're going to turn out. You're going to have health, wealth, prosperity, all the things that um, people would long for. So I see it as that, and I see how even well-meaning people, um, some well-meaning Christians would get into that and think that that was going to be the best answer for their kids. And so I can look at it and see, okay, I think parents will make the best decisions for their kids at that time. Um, And being a parent myself, even of young kids, it makes me think more about that. And so I have um, grace for that too, because I see it's not like, uh, I think, I had a happy childhood for the most part. And you can see um, my parents pointed me to Jesus at the end of the day, even though Bill Gothard would, he wouldn't. I'm grateful for the foundation that they um, tried to give us and and all of that. And so I don't have bitterness in my heart. I just have a desire for anyone still in that setting to be able to see who Jesus is. And I hope that they can even just see like, I, I'm not upset. I'm not bitter. I just I just desire for people to come out of this and to know the freedom and joy that they can find in Christ and not to trust in a man or a person because people will always let us down, always. but Jesus will never let us down. And I think whenever you see leaders fall, it's so sad and heartbreaking, but if our trust is in them, it's never going to end up in a good place. We're never going to end up in a good place. So yeah. my confidence is in Jesus Christ. And I would hope that anyone still in that setting would see the same. Yeah. And that's a good word because I mean, I've been around it my whole life and even good people, they screw up, you know, uh, they make mistakes, they go astray. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're evil, bad people. They're just people. Uh, and so, yeah, you're so right. You get our eyes on Jesus. He will never fail. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the only perfect one. Uh, the rest mm-hmm. of us, I know a lot of people look at me and say, I think that guy's got it all together, but I'll tell you, I don't, you know, 
<laughs> I, yep. I mess up just like the rest of us. Right. So, All of us do. Yeah, we do. I really appreciate it. Let me show you uh, quickly, people, your website, and I want you to tell us what you uh, and your husband are up to. This is gingerandjeremy.com. Uh, right there, ginger with a J, jeremy.com. Uh, you can see they've got all sorts of stuff. What do you, what do you guys, you're showing the world a little bit through social media, so you're not totally private. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> what do you? Uh, I, so I've just been on the book uh, stuff right now, but just being a mom, um, a full-time mom as well. And then my husband is currently employed by the church and the seminary where we attend here, Grace Community Church. And he is, he got his master's in divinity and now he's going for the doctor uh, program. He's currently in that. So it's right. exciting. You're going to, you got another book on the horizon. Are you working on one or are you taking we'll some time see. off? We'll see. <laughs> Maybe take a little time off, but sure. we'll see. Yeah. Well, enjoy yeah. this one. And I hope it does well. And I, and I just thank you for pointing people in the right direction, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whether it's people who are completely lost or people who are stuck in legalism, you're pointing both of them in the right direction. And that's very, very cool. So thank you for that. And appreciate oh, you taking the time to talk. So to us for, thank you so much for having me, Randy. Absolutely. And thank you guys out there for watching. Uh, hit share again, hit like, follow, subscribe. If you haven't done that. Uh, and you'll get more encouragement. This is very, very cool to watch uh, someone on that journey that we're all on called life, but heading in the right direction uh, and let God walk her through it. Very cool. Appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. We float on this vast, limitless sea of divine mercy.